Hi everyone, I'm Megan Gladbach and this is Jobs and Journeys. For today's episode, I'm speaking with Corey Green. Corey is an award-winning nurse and the director of the SANE program at LMH Health. Corey began her nursing career in the public health field working in a clinical setting providing family and planning services. In 2005, she began teaching a family-based class to improve family communication about puberty and sexuality. Corey has taught throughout her career, volunteering in classrooms throughout middle and high schools as a guest speaker on a variety of sexual health topics. She works tirelessly to create a culture of consent in her community, and I'm so grateful she opened up to share her story. Please note, Some of the material in this episode, while not explicit, may be triggering for some individuals, so please be sure to use listener discretion and take care of yourself. Let's jump in and hear about Corey's job and journey. Okay, well, um, my name is Corey. You don't have to call me Miss Green. You can just call me Corey. Um... You know, it is, you know, it is hard to talk about your love sometimes because it does make you a little vulnerable, right? Um, so I'll say that I had a had a pretty wonderful childhood. However, um, my my father left our family when I was a young child. Are there any middle children in the room? Who's a middle child? Okay, you're my people. Okay, you know what it's like. Um, but very quickly, um, my mom had to kind of enter the workforce. And in those days, um, dads weren't required to pay child support. In those days, there wasn't this sharing of custody thing. It just, you just went to the mom. And my mom, you know, worked until nine or 10 at night trying to take care of us. And my brother, who was only a fifth grader at the time, kind of became our father. And um, I'm not going to say it it sucked because it was awesome. My childhood was a lot of fun. My brother's amazing. My mother's amazing. But it was really hard kind of feeling abandoned by your father. And we also moved a lot. So I went to five different grade schools um, until I kind of landed in Lawrence, Kansas, where, where I live now. And so I never experienced what like a home felt like until I was in the seventh grade till I was a little bit older. That was really hard for me. So for me, going from school to school, it was more important to make friends than it was to learn. And so I fell behind in the learning arena and I kind of got labeled as maybe she's just kind of slow. And so I always got put in kind of slower classes. But the reality is going from one school district to another, they teach differently. And so I wasn't really slow. I just didn't know anything right and so all the way up to you know graduating from high school I never thought academics was going to be my thing I always you know was kind of told you weren't very smart you know I was always told that you know that's going to be really hard you should probably not do it Um, I had a really big chip on my shoulder I was angry at everyone so When I graduated high school, I had no aspirations at all. (laughs) Um, I found myself moving to where my real dad, the one that left, lived. And I tried to be a part of his family and I wanted to get to know him. 
Um, and so in those few years, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about what my mom was doing to protect me. <laughs> um, and I also learned that, you know, you don't always need those biological people in your life, right? Family is different. It can be whatever you want it to look like. It can be friends. It can be people that maybe are mentors to me. And so that was a really pivotal time for me to recognize that maybe I was without this father, but I didn't need him either. And that felt really good, but I was also involved in a really, really, you know, bad relationship that caused me a lot of harm and pain. So fast forward to 21 years old, I am now with a child. <laughs> so I had a baby and I was 21 years old and I kind of was looking at her like, you know, it's time that I figure out what to do with my life. And I'm not going to let people tell me I'm stupid anymore. I'm not going to let people tell me I can't do something. Um, and if middle children know what I mean <laughs> when, when I say that. Um, and so I just, I went to the community college at Johnson County with, um, actually had another child by this time and I went through a divorce and another kind of bad relationship. Um, I went with my two children up to the community college and I said, I want to be a nurse. How can I do that? And they gave me this little piece of paper that said, you got to take all these classes. And I was like, oh, Lord. So I went home and I taped that piece of paper on my mirror and I just started checking off the classes. And sooner or later, I found myself, oh, I've taken all the classes. So now I can apply to nursing schools. And so I um, didn't get in right away um, because nursing school is really hard to get into. You have to have basically a 4.0 these days to get in. And so... I ended up getting in because I was on a wait list and that many people didn't show up. So I showed up the first day and um, went through nursing school and again, continued to learn about myself. Like all these people told me I wasn't smart and I realized I'm really smart actually. Um, so that was really great, but I still had these two tiny children to raise too at the same time. So college for me was not like a typical college experience. Um, and so when I graduated, it was, you know, pedal to the metal, let's figure out how to work. And um, I wanted to show my children that, you know, we don't need another parent to, to do this. I can do this for us. And I wanted to show them that anybody can go to college. It isn't just for people right out of high school. And I also wanted to show them that if there's something you want to do, you can do it. Um, and so right out of nursing school, I worked in public health like I do now and then I went and worked at the hospital and I did all sorts of things in there and about six or seven years ago is when I really found my career and found sort of what I'm good at um, and I've probably had the best of self-esteem in my life starting I'm 47 so starting about 40 <laughs> I kind of got it all I won't say I'm perfect because no one is, but I kind of got it all sort of figured out, you know? Um, and so I became a, um, what we call a sexual assault nurse. And so when somebody experiences a sexual assault or they experience domestic violence or human trafficking and they end up in the hospital, then they call someone like me where I have training in how to be with somebody that's experienced some really serious traumas. And so 
I really enjoyed that, you know, and a lot of people would say to me, how can you do that? That seems like such a hard job. And, you know, that's so horrible. And, and I just don't know how, what do you do? Like, how does that affect your mental health? And to, to be honest, it, it just, um, it's really healed me. It's healed me as a, a survivor of my own domestic violence and my own issues. And, um, it was very freeing for me to feel like oh, I can give back. I can let these people know that your life isn't over. Like someone did this to you. It's not something you did. And so that felt really good. And so I've been doing that ever since. And then I started a nonprofit. You may have heard about it. It's called Let's Talk. We go into the high school classrooms and we teach parent-child classes about sex education and about your bodies and about what consent looks like and, and you know, inclusivity of all people, um, all walks of life. Um, and so that really was a good way for me to, like, counteract being a sexual assault nurse. I can go out and kind of try to prevent it. <laughs> That's one thing we don't do enough of, I think. We don't do enough of talking about preventing something Oftentimes we just react to things instead of thinking, how can we prevent that? And there's, I have opinions why that is, but, um, and so now I have found myself landed at the health department. Um, I'm in charge of their clinics, which is where we deliver vaccines. So right now a big part of my job is getting all the kids and all the adults and everyone who can vaccinated as much as I can so that we can move on and get rid of these and go back to you know somewhat of a life before COVID. Um, so COVID is one of those things that's um, kind of really a big part of my job. Um, but I also again I work as a sexual assault nurse and then I run a clinic and then I have this nonprofit. So I think someone had said how many hats do you wear and I'm like I don't know I think a few. Yeah, um, yeah but they all kind of intertwine together you know they all kind of work together in a way so it doesn't feel like multiple hats if that makes sense so I guess that's my story <laughs> yeah wow thanks so much for sharing you know I think what I like about what you've shared about your job it's a really it's a great way to explain that I think people have this conception when you start a new job that you your job fits within this box and that, like my job, for example, like I, my title is experiential learning specialist for USD 497. And it, you know, uh, I think someone that I was talking to once was like, oh, your job sounds like jello. It's kind of, it's got a little bit of form, but it's very squishy. It's very, I like that. Yeah. And I think that's honestly what a lot of jobs are like. I don't know if. Mr. Benny would agree with that or not, but I think we go through all these different paths in life and we have this one idea of what like being a nurse looks like and then you actually get into the position and it's very different. So hence why I'm doing experiential <laughs> education because it really helps shed a light on what the real job is like. And I, yeah, it sounds like what I'm curious about, uh, and, you know, I only want you to share what you're comfortable sharing, but, you know, when you did, when you had your, 
did you have a son or a daughter? I had two daughters there. You had 26 two daughters. and 23 okay. now. Yeah. So when you had your first daughter and you're like, I need to do something with my life. Like, how did you decide nursing of all like the different things? Like, is that, was that something that was kind of planted in the back of your mind that you were thinking about or were you, what happened? Yeah. So, you know, I thought of teaching first, to be honest, I thought, oh, I could have summers off. I could have holidays off. And this really fits as being a parent. And, and this I think is where I want to go. But when I was in a domestic violence situation, I had broken my hand and or I didn't break it, but my hand was broken. And I went to um, this little minute clinic kind of setting. And the way I was treated by this one particular nurse um, just stuck with me for, a, you know how you just kind of meet someone and you're like, oh my gosh, they don't even know you, but you're like, I want to, I don't know. She just really stuck with me for a really long time. And I remember thinking, I could do that. That seems like a cool job. And I'm a really empathetic person. Like some people have really high IQs, <laughs> like intelligence. And I have probably a high EQ, which is your emotional side. And I just am a very empathetic person. And so I kind of looked at like, this is how much money a teacher makes. And I married a teacher. So I don't want you to think that like I... They, they just aren't worthy because they don't make money. But I looked at how much a teacher made and I looked how much a nurse made and I kind of was like, maybe I could figure out a way to be a nurse and teach. Like, it just felt like with, te with nursing, there were so many more different titles you could have because teaching, believe it or not, was what I really wanted to do. But it felt very like there's only one lane I could go. And I know it's not like that, but that was how I felt at the time. And so, again, I had that experience with this person that I always, like, it just touched me in a way that I think that's where I got the idea that I wanted to be a nurse. Yeah. Yeah, I was uh, having a conversation earlier this week with someone this morning, and we were... A lot of different industries still use the analogy of a pipeline, and I think that's a very, it's not useful anymore because that's not reflective of how it actually works. Like, in your life, uh, a better analogy that I've heard is like a braiding river where, like, you know, you have this one section of your life where you're interested in music and you're like, okay, I'm going to, like, take this meandering river creek this way and then maybe it me meets back up with you know something else later but it's really there's so many different like pathways that we take and and just how we were talking about earlier too like your career doesn't fit in a box and it doesn't have mm -hmm. to and it's really like that's just not the reality of how things are like when people you know say that when they confine themselves to a job it like also does like a disservice to whatever the organization like what their goals are what their mission are because sometimes you know if you know if somebody needs help you just help them you do the job that needs to be done yeah, and I've never been motivated by money so I think picking a career was more about um, what motivates me as a person. I don't like to feel like I'm working. Have you heard that saying, work to live or live to work? 
Uh Like, I don't want to be that person that lives to go to a job. (laughs) I know it sounds like I do a whole bunch, but I have a life and I want it to be more important to me than my job, if that makes sense, too. Right. So I knew that, like, money wasn't going to make me decide what job. Right. Your job is, yeah, it's one part of your identity. It's not, it's an important part. You spend a lot of time doing it, so it's not, you can't say that it's, not a huge part of who you are but it's not it's not encompassing of like all that you are yes I don't want people at my celebration of life to be talking about what I did for a living I want them to talk about the legacy I've left and that's really important to me it might not be when everyone comes to my (laughs) celebration of life they might not even talk about a legacy but to me that's that's what motivates me I want to make sure I leave some sort of a stamp in this world that like gives someone out there a better chance than like I was given you know I want to change that experience for someone because it just would have taken one person to tell me I was smart enough and I would have done it a lot sooner yeah no in fact oh maybe do you mind repeating that question oh he asked if um are any of your daughter's nurses (laughs) then no actually my oldest daughter you can't even like talk about blood she'll pass out um, <laughs> I was like that too. And my kid. other daughter, so I kind of told them the same thing. I want you to think about what kind of life you want. I want you to think about, do you want to be a mom? Do you even want kids? Do you want to be a wife? Do you want to do, in, like, think about your life before you decide on your career. So my oldest daughter went into teaching because she wants to have children and that's eventually what she really wants her job to be so she thought that would fit her life where my other daughter's like I don't know about the whole baby thing if I have one it will be just be one I'm not doing that multiple times and money is important to me because I love to shop so she's going into a career that will probably pay her more than you know any of us will see but that's important to her her lifestyle is important so neither one of them went into nursing (laughs) Um, or or even those kinds of, you know, even enjoy anything I say about nursing, really. (laughs) But it's like you said earlier, I mean, your family can extend, and it's not just your biological family, but, you know, maybe you've had, you never know how you influence other people in your life, your friends, your your friends' friends, or they just, Mm -hmm. so many overlaps. Yeah, just because someone is biologically related to you, doesn't mean you owe them something it doesn't mean you have to have a relationship with them um that's not what family is to me i i'm probably people disagree with me but that just is not how you define it in my book yeah thanks so much for you know i yeah. think you've done a really ans- uh, way of telling us yeah about your life oh gosh so okay so how hard was school and what, what were your classes like, were your classes like? <laughs> so School was really hard. I had a really hard time at it because remember how I told you in high school I didn't care? (laughs) I just didn't care. I thought academics wasn't my thing. People told me I wasn't smart, so I didn't do any of it. So when I got to college, I sat in classrooms where I was like, excuse me, did we learn this sometime in our life? Because I don't know what this teacher is talking about. So I had to do a lot of extra work to get through school. Um, But eventually what I found was when you start to take the path that like you enjoy when it comes to a career, school gets easy. So by the time I got to nursing school, it was really hard. Some of those science classes are like crammed into one year and it's insane. And 
really, really hard. When you go to nursing school, they tell you first day, not a good idea to have a job, and they're not kidding. Um, it's a lot of hard work. And because if you can imagine, a lot of nursing is hands-on. I mean, right? A lot of nurses have tasky, dewy things. And so in order to learn that, you have to be thrown in the situation. And so you have to learn very quickly. So you not only have classroom work, but you have this like skill set you have to learn out in the field. And so that was very challenging because I had a two-year-old and a four-year-old <laughs> and then a four and a six-year-old. So, you know, they grew up in school with me. So I think school is was super challenging and um, the classes were super hard. But again, as I started getting closer and closer to my graduation, classes got easier because I really enjoyed them if that makes sense. It was hard for me because I didn't pay attention from kindergarten to senior year. <laughs> so college was like really, really challenging for me. Yeah, but just because something is hard doesn't mean that it's not doable. Often everything you guys want is on the other side of hard. Right. Well, and one thing also I tell people that I'm gonna tell you guys is not one time has anybody ever asked me my GPA or what grades I got, okay? You get to grade, you get to graduate and, and nobody cares about that, right? I mean, in the time that you're in school, you think, oh, A's and B's are all people want and that's fine and that's great, but you know, I've gotten a C in a few classes and no one's ever asked me. So I very quickly learned that like, it's really just like a journey you have to get through. It's like this long project that you don't wanna be a part of <laughs> and it teaches you how to get up and go to work, how to show up on time, how to roll your sleeves up when things get hard. Yeah. That's what school was for me. You guys might make me cry today, I think. Nursing school, don't you have to have like an 80%? My brother just got done with nursing You do. Nursing school, once you get there, like I said, it's very, very challenging. And you do have to maintain a certain GPA. And there's a lot of competition, but you know, Again, yeah. like it's it's yeah. It's important role. You should be able to be qualified. You're, you're yeah. helping save lives and get people back to a standard of life. And you have a very important job as a nurse. Yeah, a little different. Right. Totally different than yeah, a doctor. Yeah, you would want to work with a nurse who probably did okay <laughs> at school yeah. versus yeah. working with a nurse who mm -hmm. got D's all the way through school. And <laughs> mm-hmm. So what else did I want to do? Oh my gosh. I've wanted to be a dog mom my whole life. Has that come to fruition no, for you? No, I am what? a dog mom, but I can't just do that for a living. <laughs> I wish there was some way. You can't be a breeding nurse. <laughs> I know, maybe. I think you can. Maybe that'll be I my next job. I think if you job. really yeah. wanted to, you can. I can figure out Based a way. Based on everything that you've shared <laughs> with us so far, I think you can do anything. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I really like where I am. I really like what I do. I can't imagine doing anything else. Um, but I, I do hope that, um, you know, whatever I want to do, I can do. You know, I try not to limit myself. Um, what are the different ways to become a nurse? So there's really only one way. You've got to get your RN, which stands for registered nurse. And that's a, a nursing school you have to pass. And then you have to sit down and you have to take this board exam that consists of 265 questions. And it's on a computer and it just shuts off when it thinks you've passed or failed. It's quite um, nerve wracking. Um, but 
the different ways would be some people like spend time being a nurse's aide, which is a CNA or a medical assistant, and then they decide to go back to school and keep getting their education. Um, some people um, get there because maybe they got a job in a doctor's office as a front desk person and they decide, oh, I kind of like what they do and I want to go do that. So I don't know that... Um, I don't know how that question is meant, whether that means are there different paths to become an RN? Yes, of course, everybody has their own way as to why they become an RN. Um, but yeah, are there different like state requirements? No, you have to have a registered license. Okay. Yeah, and, and you've got to sit for a board exam. Yep. Okay. And some people have what's called a bachelor's in science, which is what I have. And sometimes that's required. Sometimes it isn't. Um, so you do have to let go the path of an RN to be a nurse. Yeah. Did you have a question? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. You do. It, is it hard to get a bachelor's degree? A bachelor's degree is just like one level above an RN. And basically it's just saying that like I've had more education in community health and maybe a higher level of math, a higher level of English, and just sort of higher, almost to grad school type. Um, so yeah, it's a little bit higher than an RN. You don't get paid any different. <laughs> I'm sure teaching's probably the same way. You don't get paid any different. It's just a matter of putting initials behind your name. Have you ever noticed people in the medical field really enjoy all the letters behind their name? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but <laughs> they love letters. Yeah. And you know your yeah your question about like is it hard to get a bachelor's? I think it's there's so many different dependables about like what is your definition of hard? Like does it mean like yes like if you go to college you're gonna have to work. It doesn't you don't just get a party all the time. So, I know so that your yeah you're you're like making this yeah bond to a university or a college or and. Go ahead. I think the cool thing is, is you know, your associates is two years to kind of get acclimated to academia at a higher level, and then hopefully um, you have a strong idea of what you want to do, and then you guys get two more years to explore a career path. And so your first two years are kind of your core classes, maybe a couple electives, and then once you get your associates, you get to go into a certain type of school. Like for me, I went to business school, so I took two years of business you know, mindset classes where we learn entrepreneurship, accounting, and management, and all different types of business. So, you know, like Ms. Green said earlier, you, you get excited to want to go to school. It doesn't become hard because you're interested mm -hmm. and you actually see how you can apply these things and, and, and add it to your life. And it just depends on what you're interested in because, you know, there's some things that you don't even need a degree for. <laughs> you don't have to. Yeah, um, and there's a lot, I mean, yeah. technical schools, mm -hmm. like, there's so many options, like, my brother's studying to become an automotive mechanic, and, like, a lot of jobs like that, like, they need you to have on-the-job training, and there are, like, uh, like, usually you can get certified, and I don't know, I'll have to, like, talk, maybe I'll interview my brother or something, <laughs> and ask him about what because he does have to take a test and i think for a lot of trade jobs they'll require yep. some sort of test that you take just so that the employer has an idea of like okay if you pass this test it means you know 
these things Mm -hmm. and I need to know that you know these things Mm -hmm. before I hire you. And when you hold a license in anything, which is what nursing is, it's a license. So I have a license that I can't like get pulled over for drunk driving. I can lose my license. I can't get caught doing drugs because I could lose that license. I can't do things that will like make someone take that license away from me but I also have to continue my education so every two years I have to complete 40 hours of education and I have to turn that into the state to say I'm up to date yeah and teachers have to do that too Mm -hmm. because you get a teaching license and then you have to like do professional development right to you know continue Mm -hmm. to be in the know of what's going on especially in this time in the world teaching uh, there's definitely some roundabout ways to get into it it used to be very similar to becoming a nurse where yep. it's not one path shot um, i'm a product of that i did a, a different program after i had a bachelor's and uh, had to go get my master's um, so but there's definitely roundabout ways to a lot of different careers and especially with online education and, and remote learning now yeah yeah and it's really incredible like who you know and who you interact with like can give you so many different pathways it really is this crazy meandering river it is not a pipeline nope especially especially i agree growing up in lawrence guys we talk about how it's a small college town miss green knows officer harvey he's my he's like my son (laughs) i call we call him fam that's what we call him Wow. So it's just a small world. He's a great guy. Yep. So I guess last but not least, because we're running out of time here, uh, some of the questions. So we did a vaping presentation. So oh. I think they have some, they just want to hear from maybe somebody who might see or hear. Yeah, or actually, I just recently had a vaping situation um, where this young woman had her lung collapsed. And so they had to put a tube in her and she was 16 and um, I got involved because I was just in the emergency room that day with a a sexual assault case and I was listening and, you know, kind of nosy. And so anyway, I I just, it was an interesting conversation I had that, um, you know, the thing about vaping you have to understand is we don't know anything about it like we do cigarettes, you know, back in my day and like certainly when I was born up until like the 90s at Lawrence Memorial Hospital, you could smoke a cigarette on the baby ward. You can have a baby and go take a smoke break and come back. And I mean, nobody knew what smoking caused. And now we know that it has so much carcinogens in it that it causes cancer. And so vaping is one of those things that we don't know yet. It's really something we're going to see probably, again, just like cigarettes, we're going to find out what it actually causes. Yeah. I think the idea of vaping, I'm going to be real honest, I thought it was a good idea because it took away cigarettes, right? And so people used vaping to kind of get away from cigarettes, but unfortunately you're just going from one addiction to another. But at the time it was like, oh, this is so much better. They're not going to smell like smoke. It's not going to have the carcinogens in it. If you're going to smoke, go do this, right? We pushed that actually. 
Um, and now we're seeing those problems. And so one of them is apparently your lung can just collapse because of whatever the chemical is that helps deliver that vape, that, that dose. I don't know how to say it. Um, whatever's in that, that's why they got rid of some of those um, flavored ones. There's some that are illegal now. You know, never blame the product, okay? Anyone who vapes or anyone who smokes, it's an addiction, and it's on them. Something they have There's to fix. Plenty of warning labels that yeah, yeah. So you know, I mean, what what do you need to know about vaping? Just try not to do it because you're really, you know, robust and strong when you're young, but <laughs> ain't gonna be that way <laughs> when you get a little older. Um, and you, you can't think that way. That's why they call that hindsight's 2020, right? Because you can't see it till you get there, what you should have done. Has anybody had that experience? Like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, yep. Sounds Not right. always when you're young, because you're like, man, that was fun. I'm in trouble, but that was fun, right? Yeah. But when you're older, the, the consequences are a lot different. And so, you know, that's yeah. why I would just not do it if you can help it. Thank you so much, yeah, Corey, today you guys. for sharing your story with us and answering all these questions. Let's give Corey a round of applause. Thank you for having me. That was a very sad, sad round of applause. Uh, yeah, come on. Do I want one more try. Please. Okay, thank you. Yeah, yeah, I can go. now move on. Appreciate it. Move on. <laughs> all right. Okay. Thanks for tuning in to the first episode of Jobs and Journeys with me, Megan Gladbach, and our inspiring guest, Corey Green. I'd like to thank Benny's 8th grade career and life planning class at Liberty Memorial Central Middle School for letting me come into their class and record this episode. I'm looking for individuals to feature an interview on this podcast, so if you're interested, you can contact me at Megan. M-E-G-A-N dot Gladbach, G-L-A, D as in dog, B as in boy, A-C-H, at USD497.org, or call Lawrence Public Schools at 785-832-5000 and dial the extension 1602. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day. Bye.